G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. History Makers with Matt Prater. Coming off of drugs, you're going to have emotional problems, but I kept chasing after God. And he's using this vehicle to bring people out of the dark into the light. And I went forward and I knelt at the front, and it, it was a radical conversion experience. And that's where the big change happened, and that's where we decided we're going to use our music for God, we're going to change our songs. When I was about 25-year-old, I was uh, busted and into jail, and it was there that I came to the Lord. History Makers with Matt Prater. Hi and welcome to History Makers, I'm Matt Prater Today we're chatting with Pastor Andrew Corbett from Lagana Christian Church in Tasmania Now Andrew, recently you had Will Graham from the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association in your town preaching the gospel Uh, What was it like mate? Firstly Matt, thank you It was a real privilege for I think to have the opportunity to have an organisation that has such a broad appeal which enabled us to have so many churches come together and to work together. So in Hobart, there was uh, just, I, I think it would go down in recent history as the most number of churches working together across a, a broad spectrum. And so in Launceston, there was around 70 churches that overall were part of the journey. And we we used the largest indoor venue down in Hobart and the largest indoor venue in, in Launceston. And it, it was, by any measure, a remarkable success. And tell us about uh, the number of people that came to Christ. Mm. Yeah, so in Hobart, there was 221 responses and there was about 160 first-time decisions. That's amazing. Part we, we, we break it down into responses and decisions because oftentimes, Matt, what happens is someone's making a response as a, a recommitment when, in fact, it's it's that's the moment when the when the money's dropped into the parking meter, so to speak. Mm, in other mm. words, they they may have been going to church all their life, and and they may have grown up in the church as a young person, and then they come to an event like that, and suddenly the lights go on. They hear about it, and they they always thought they were Christian, but now they realise they hadn't made that step into the reality of what it is to be a real, authentic, genuine Christian. And so in uh, Launceston, we saw um, a, a, a huge number of responses, and we had uh, just over 500 responses in Launceston, and we had uh, 268, I think it was, or 238 uh, first-time responses as well. So, so it was very interesting because a lot of people were saying, Matt, that the you know the days of mass evangelism are over, and so on. When in fact, when you, when you you're on the ground and you're working with an organisation like this, you realise. None of those decisions were mass evangelism. What they were were people inviting people, mm. connecting with people. So they were very much an integration of personal evangelism into the the whole effort. Mm. That's wonderful, mate. And what happens uh, with those people after they've made that commitment? Do all the churches follow them up? Yeah, this is one of the things that, that working with an organisation like the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association was so beneficial because – they have systems in place where that kind of thing is taken care of. 
So all the the responses are then um, filtered out to different churches for the pastors. Then the pastors themselves are followed up on what they've done to uh, follow up with those people. And so two weeks after the event, we had a pastors and church leaders uh, uh, breakfast where we, we just opened up the floor and we asked for people to share their stories. And it was utterly inspirational, mm. Matt, just to hear the stories of formerly broken lives, lives that were lost, suicidal uh, lives and so on, that, that came to Christ. Their lives have been turned around. One pastor said that there's a, a lady uh, who joined the church as a result of the, the event, and he said she comes in, she just weeps and weeps and weeps because of what Christ has now done in her life. Mm. So these are some of the stories that we've we've heard. I've got uh, even straight after the event, we ran a, a three-night, three-evening uh, follow-up program uh, called Christianity Unpacked. And we had people come to that that had never even been to church in their lives. And they came and you know you hear the story of their journey in life and and your heart goes out to them you know multiple one one particular uh, chap multiple marriages multiple relationships children to he I don't, I'm not quite sure if he knew how many children he had sired and he came to this point in his life where he realised that I'm doing something wrong mm. but life is not working the way I'm doing it gave his life to Christ at, at the event has has continued to be plugged into a church coming along. And these are just some of the stories that we're now hearing mm-hmm. about, Matt. Just loving this. And, you know, I love the fact that uh, they had uh, unity in the churches too. Mm. That's a really big thing that mm-hmm. the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association have is that they, they want to make sure that the whole, you know, a majority of the churches are, are on board before they go into a town. Um, how important do you think that is for, for churches to say, you know what, I don't care what label I am, mm. we're in this for Jesus? Yeah, well, firstly, the the, the whole point of getting churches to work together, it, it doesn't happen, um, you know, you don't start from a cold start. So in other words, it, usually there's, in a, in a city, the Billy Graham Association, look for someone who is the sort of the point guy and, and where it was in, in Launceston, that, that's been something I've been cultivating for a number of years and... And so a lot of these these pastors from all different stripes, I would consider to be my friends mm. and often um, in many instances close friends. And theologically, we can put aside our our slight differences because the the, the, the there's actually more that we agree on than people think mm. and there's more that we agree on than we disagree on. And what we agree on is that Christ came to save sinners. Amen. I think it was J.I. Packer who said the entire Bible can be summed up in three words: God saves sinners. And most of the most of the the pastors in in both the cities, Hobart and Launceston, they they can agree on that, and they can also agree that the Billy Graham Association have got seventy plus years of credibility under their belt. They don't, you know, they don't do anything except strengthen local churches. I think. The credibility that comes from that among in the community, Matt, is that oftentimes we're accused of, well, why should I go along with what you're on about? You guys can't even agree. When then they see an effort where, you know, in, in Hobart, over 40 churches or so working together. In, in Launceston, it was around about 60 to 70 churches working together. And it's quite a remarkable thing mm. uh, to see that. And, and that in itself, Matt, I think is a powerful message to mm. the community. I'm curious to know who is your favourite artist 
that travelled with Will Graham because he had Dan Wallow, the mm. Christian Kids Entertainer, the Afters, mm. Planet Boom, mm. a Cass. Mm. Uh, were you up the front at Planet Boom stage diving? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, what I liked about that that spectrum of artists, and by the way, the Billy Graham Association they fund all that. Mm. They they and, and this is the thing that was that was amazing to me. I was invited to come over to Charlotte in 2019 just to have a look at that. I was invited to go to Montana just to see how one of these events ran. What I saw was was remarkable and I I said to one of the the, uh, the was in fact the Baptist superintendent who travelled with me. I said if if there's anything else that we can do that can come close to what they're achieving here, let's do that instead, but I'm not aware of anything that comes close to this. And when it came to the the guest artist, I had uh, met the afters in Montana mm. as well, uh, Josh Haven, who is just a great guy, mm. and uh, and Matt as well, Fuqua. Uh, the, these guys are the real deal. Mm. And uh, I personally was tremendously impressed with them. Their, their broad appeal to both young and old was extraordinary. And so, but that the whole picture there, you know, Planet Boom appealed to the very young. And Dan Wallow appealed to the very, very young. And I would have to say Dan Wallow is one of the best children's, sort of, should I say, Christian entertainers. I'd even say entertainers, yeah, even without that label. And he was superb. And his, his obvious love for Christ, his ability to connect with hundreds of children at once was just remarkable. So the whole thing is done very well. For those people who perhaps think evangelism shouldn't be done like this anymore, I would say... If you think this is the only sort of evangelism we're talking about, then I would agree. It, we, you know, because you can only do this. It takes about two years of planning to put something like this together, but it is a part of the mix. You know, we we have we believe in personal evangelism, event evangelism, attractional evangelism, um, internet evangelism, radio evangelism. We believe in all of it. <laughs> yeah, that's and, good. And this is just—it's not the thing; it's a part of the. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And it's so good to uh, catch up with you today and hear a bit of your perspective. And uh, just backtracking a bit on uh, uh, the uh, Dan Wallow comment Mm. you made, he is one of the best. The only problem with Dan is that Jed that travels around with him. I know. He's got a bit of attitude. There's a bit of attitude. And that was, look, I I meant to say something about that, but anyway, Mm. the kids love Jed. Mm. (laughs) He lives lives in a little uh, suitcase. That's right. He comes out and (laughs) he's just got, he's a bit cheeky. But anyway, he does does make you think a bit, Jed. Yeah, and and Dan, I had some words with him on the stage about how he needed to change his attitude and find forgiveness. And so (laughs) that was a great model to the kids, Matt, as well. Yes. I'm actually very impressed with Dan's ventriloquism. Mm. Uh, he's very gifted in that area. Mm. Uh, and the other cool thing with Planet Boom, I actually interviewed the lead singer. Mm. He actually got saved at a Planet Shakers conference several oh, years ago. Right? Wow. And then they said, hey, can you sing? And he goes, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and now he's the lead singer of Planet yeah, Boom. Traveling yeah. around. Isn't that the story of redemption that we yeah. hear over and over? Mm. So, yeah, that's great. And, mate, uh, just on another note too, I know that uh, – You've been pastoring for many years now at mm. Lagana mm. Christian Church. 27 years, yeah. 27 years. Tell mm. us a bit about your church. So Lagana is 10 minutes north of the city of Launceston in Tasmania, and it was a small rural area of about 1,500 people when we came 27 years ago. It's now become almost a satellite township of the city of Launceston. The population has grown to somewhere around about 10,000 or so. So it's still, you know, still not huge. 
but um, we've gone through four building projects. I've got um, six staff now that are part of the church. So when I when I think about God's goodness like that, Matt, it's just remarkable. And as you be aware, of, we've you know I'm frequently on radio, and I was I, you know I have ABC TV came down not that long ago and in, interviewed me about some of the issues that were dealing with in the culture as well. So it's amazing just to think that oh, when God called us there. Uh, the word that he gave us was he was going to do a significant thing in an insignificant place, and we're certainly seeing that come to pass. Mm, absolutely, mate. And I've been following you for many years with your ministry uh, as well, your ministry school, uh, ICI. Tell us ICI a bit about College, that. Yep. So International mm-hmm. Correspondence Institute, was started mm-hmm. in 1967, and it was called uh, International Correspondence Institute um, so that it could get uh, training courses, Christian training material, into the Iron Curtain without raising, you know, too many flags because International Correspondence Institute just didn't sort of, you know, raise any warning bells for the for the officials. And so um, then, uh, as time went on, communism, the wall came down, but but it also enabled the courses to be translated into Arabic and and other languages. That and again, International Correspondence Institute gave it sort of a, a bit of a smooth sail in and behind the Islamic curtain as well. And so in Australia, we've, we've retained that name. It, it, it merged internationally. It merged with a large uh, distance education training provider in the United States called uh, Berean School of Ministries, and they formed Global University. It now offers uh, certificates, diplomas, degrees, and through to Doctor of Ministry degrees, and it has some of the highest accreditation in the world. And so, yes, we run the Australian office of that and... Um, I'm also a part of the Graduate School of uh, Theology uh, there, and I'm supervising masters and doctoral students. So, if people wanted to do some study, obviously mm-hmm. they can do it online. Uh, mm-hmm. Is it on campus as well? Uh, no, it's mm-hmm. it is. We specialise in distance education, mm-hmm. so we specialised in distance education before that was cool. And so now, I think if you enrol in a course anywhere with any university, you mo- you know you're mostly going to be doing it by distance. So we, we do that, and I Skype with students. I've got one student at the moment, former Muslim, Iranian refugee, been in a uh, UNICEF uh, or UNHCR, sorry, mm. a camp in Sulawesi, Indonesia, since 2013. Wow. He had to flee Iran because he became a Christian. He was, you know, he and his wife were Muslim. They fled. She remained a Muslim, and they went to Malta, and then the UNHCR relocated them to Indonesia. A pastor came into that camp and uh, spoke with spoke with uh, them, and said, "Look, how can I pray for you?" And they said, "Look, we've been married for a few years now. We've been wanting to start a family. It hasn't happened." And he said, "I'll pray. I'll pray that God will grant your family." Almost immediately, Matt, um, Sarah, his wife fell pregnant with twins. Mm. And she said to her husband, I've been praying to Allah for years and nothing has happened. And now this man prays to the Christian God and straight away our prayer is answered. The Christian God must be the true God. Wow. And she became a Christian. Oh, I, I spoke with her by um, Zoom as you do these days. And and I speak with uh, uh, her husband who is now one of our students. And um, uh, when I spoke with her, she said, you know, the twins are seven. They have a boy and a girl. And her seven-year-old son uh, is reading the Bible in English. They, they have English lessons in the camp there. 
and he came in having read, he watched uh, one of my YouTube videos uh, uh, called the, the Eight Greatest True Stories in the Bible, and he, 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 re- he said that he didn't realize that, one, that the stories in the Bible are actually true. He thought maybe they're made up, but, but, it, but he watched the video, and, and he said so he read the story about, I think, David and Goliath, and then he read the stories in the Gospel, and he came in to his mother and said that he wanted to be baptized. And she said, Why? Because I've just read in the Bible that if you want to follow Christ, you should be baptized. And I want to follow Christ. Wow. And I think that's amazing, Matt. Mm. And this is a part of the journey. Um, uh, uh, Daniel, I'll call him, um, has gone through the, the, the course of uh, Christian life, then Christian leadership. He's done a degree, did a four-year degree in two years uh, in English, having to learn English along the way. and. Now he's got two more subjects to go to complete his master's uh, uh, New Testament studies, and I'm supervising him for one of those subjects. So, yeah, this is the opportunity that we that we now have. You can be anywhere in Australia. You can be holding down a job. And this is what ICI College was always about. It was not designed for people to leave their church, leave their job. It was designed for people to stay in their church, stay in their job, come home or start their day, take an hour or so and study and uh, we'll help you get through your certificate or degree program. Fantastic. And if people want to find out more, what's the website? Yeah, icicollege.com.au. Fantastic. Well, Andrew Corbett, it's always uh, wonderful catching up with you, mate. I reckon you're a history maker. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to hear this conversation again, listen online anytime at historymakersradio.com. There you'll also find links to all of our social media channels, and you can subscribe to our iTunes podcast. History Makers is a faith-based ministry, and we want to thank everyone for their generous support. If you've got a suggestion of anyone we should interview, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless. I'm Matt Prater, and my challenge to you now is to go and make history. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.